With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's quacking, everybody? How's it going? Episode two of season number two of the Quack Report. Yeah. Here's my co-host, Nate. He, uh, he likes to fill the, the, the space in between my, my words, I guess. Yep. How's it that going today, good. Nate? Oh, it's not too bad. How are you doing, bud? Oh, not too bad at all. That's good. Yeah. That is very good. Yeah. And uh, hello to everybody who's watching the live stream as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and if you're listening to this as a, I guess on Monday after the the live stream, you can watch the video all over YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. I guess we'll have replays of it as well. But yeah, the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel will be the the place to go for that. So um, yeah, did, have you been up to anything exciting? I guess we don't even have to talk about the whole last week, just since uh, since yeah. Wednesday, <laughs> since we last recorded. Uh, I had a few jerseys come in, so I mean that was exciting. That's always nice. Which ones <laughs> did you get in? Uh, what did I get in? I got. Um, I think we talked. Oh no! Did we talk about Blasty on the last episode? My Flames Reverse Retro came in, and uh, you can't see it at the moment. But I also ordered the uh, Winnipeg Jets Heritage Classic jersey from this mm-hmm. past season. Um, so that's kind of cool. So it's kind of a collection in a collection. I have both Heritage Classic uh, 2019 jerseys, both Calgary and Winnipeg now. So they're both on the wall. And nice. it's uh, I, I changed up my wall here a little bit. Like I said, you can't see it, unfortunately. But uh, maybe I'll post a picture of it later. But we got a, uh, a pretty decent collection of jerseys going on here from around the league. And it's the uh, the Journey to 30 to 1 Probably 32 by the time it gets close to being done. So and Seattle comes into the league. Probably. I mean, if Vegas didn't join, then you'd have a pretty sick like uh, slogan for your jersey collection. Journey journey to 30. There you go. <laughs> now it's journey to 32, which is, yep. doesn't have a, a a good ring to it, in my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, you got time. quite a few jerseys now. Like, I don't even think you'd be able to just do one picture. You might have to do a series of pictures or like a panorama shot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a, yeah, the, it's quite a lot. the jerseys on this wall, like do cover the whole wall. Like you can see at the back eh, there uh is like that's like like a team canada 2014 jersey uh the rest are nhl jerseys but the uh i'm only missing a couple canadian teams left so the i have it like kind of spaced out that um there's going to be all seven canadian teams on this wall book ended by the two team canada jerseys that i have so this will be the canadian wall and then everything else be kind of either on a wall elsewhere or just in the closet with the collection so nice nice um i did notice too i I just figured out what's different but you switched your flurry jersey out for a flames one yeah so the vegas one is also on this wall now uh but oh god this one here is uh a 2004 flames jersey from when they made their uh their cup run so i wanted to hang that one up for a little bit nice nice yeah 
pretty good. Any more jerseys for you just yet? <laughs> no, no, nothing yet. No, I, nothing yet. I, I really want to get one of the reverse retros. Either, I, I mean, not either. I want to get both the Oilers and the Ducks one. Um, but it, I, I've been told not to get anything until uh, after Christmas. So, well, hopefully, you uh, get them then because they are limited. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but so I at least want one of those because I think they're pretty cool. Um, yeah, but no, no, no new jerseys for me yet. Nice mug. I like your mug. Thank you. It was a birthday <laughs> present a couple years ago. Nice. Batman comic mug. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, my, uh, my card collection is coming along quite well, though. I'm oh, yeah. The, we oh, haven't talked about the, those yet. <laughs> the Tim Hortons hockey cards that, unfortunately, just us Canadians are able to get. No uh, no Americans, unfortunately. Yeah, and as I know as as most aware. of our listener base is, is in the States. So they're probably like, what are you talking about? What's a Tim yeah. Horton? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean... Hopefully you know what a Tim Horton is. He's an ex-hockey player. Um, the, <laughs> if you don't know, just what, for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, uh, Maple Leafs and oh god, he played for somebody else. I think for a brief time. I can't think of it at the moment. Uh, but yeah, Tim Horton was a uh, ex-hockey player, uh, defenseman, uh, mainly known for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but uh, after he retired, or was it during his playing day? Any. At some point between like his playing days and uh, retirement, he opened a coffee and donut shop, and uh, that's kind of a, a staple here in Canada at this point. So it's Tim Hortons is kind of the Canadian version of Dunkin' Donuts. That's the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. So, Anyways, uh, at, at about this time every year, you know, and beginning to end of October till like usually mid November. I think they pushed it a little late this year. Yeah. Um, but they they come out with hockey cards, so you can get. Um, now they've bumped it up to 125 uh, just base player cards, and then they have uh, a bunch of inserts that are are pretty wild. The the good ones this year are franchise trios, so it's they're like the holographic cards, and they got three like the top players from most of the teams. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. no Ducks one, which I mean you could easily have Gibson gets laugh and, and like Fowler or or Lindell yeah on there probably Fowler even, I guess yeah um, or even, even Henrik. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like There's a few guys have. that you could. I, I don't know why they only did 20 of, of the teams, but yeah, I'm not sure. Um, okay, so yeah, so Tim Horton himself played with the Toronto Maple Leafs from well, he played on and off, I guess, for the first couple of seasons, but from 1949 until 1970. That's a pretty good career. And then continued on, played two years with the New York Rangers, a year with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and two years with the Buffalo Sabres. Retiring in 1974. Nice. That's a long career. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a long time with the the Leafs too. I'm surprised anyone yeah. can handle that. So, well, mind you, that was uh, during some of the better days. So during uh, that time, true, yeah. he won uh, four cups. It looks like so. Just with the Leafs. Yeah. Nice. That that's last uh, one being in uh, 1967, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I've been working on. I've almost got all like the whole set of cards just not the the franchise trios obviously those ones are about 30 bucks a pop minimum to buy online minimum yeah, yeah. <laughs> some sometimes you'll find one for 20 bucks but they go pretty quick so besides those yeah. ones and i mean i have six of them just on my own anyways so yeah um i mean if i don't collect all of them that's fine i got the oilers one uh, i don't have the ducks one because there isn't one like i said but yeah. yeah um but i've got i'm just missing a few uh clear ones which are pretty cool they're just like a like a plastic card with like a transparent backdrop which is pretty awesome and uh uh, canvas ones they're just kind of like a different like a matte kind of paper rather than a glossy Mm -hmm. and i'm just missing the mcdavid one there so oh there you go 
Yeah. How's your collection would, coming along? I know you're getting It's coming. Up. I think I have the base ones. I have like the base 125. I'll have 14 left to get after I get the like a bunch of doubles from you. We already have a trade set up. We're just kind of waiting for a time that we can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one other person I have scheduled to possibly do it with as well. And I'll get one base card from them and then a couple other uh, specialties. So nice. you're going yeah, to have pretty four- well too then. Yeah. I think I'll have 14 base cards left to get. So, and I know my girlfriend has been telling everybody to get uh, Tim's cards as like stocking stuffer for me. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end just yet, but <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good idea actually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but, no, this uh, is yeah, definitely good. A, a good time up here in Canada, to the Tim Hortons hockey card season. Yeah. It's like the only time I go to Tim's anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless I'm like road tripping, obviously. But Yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool, though, if we managed to get like, because who are the three ducks? It's Getzlaff, yeah. Gibson, and, and Henry. the other one. Yeah. So if we managed to get all three of them like as doubles, I think it'd be cool if we did a giveaway. Yeah, I'm just the only one I don't have is Henrique, and that was like one of the last cards I opened too. So like, yeah, I have I did get a Henrique. I have two doubles of Getzlaff and, and a double of Gibson, but I don't have a double of Henrique. All right, so, so. we just need a double of Henrique. There we is will... also they have a set this year of Cup winners, so they got like 15 of like not the recent Cup winners, but I guess popular. Yeah, cup just winners. over the last what is it's, I think it's the last 10 years. Yeah, kind of whoever's active and like yeah. well known. So, uh, so there's one of Getzlaff, obviously from his 07 Cup run. Man, he looks like a baby in that picture. Yeah. It's so funny. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that one's like kind of hard to find. Uh, the Getzlaff one specifically. So mm-hmm. I've been looking for that one too, but no one seems to have extras of that. So yeah, um, yeah, no, it'd be pretty cool, especially for down in the states where you can't really get those. I'm sure yeah. that there's lots of hockey card collectors out there that uh, that would appreciate some good old Canadian cards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, shall we continue this hockey talk and uh, and get into some some recent news here? Let's do it. All right. So this week, a uh, couple uh, somewhat ducks slash hockey related articles came out. Well, we'll start with the more general one here. Um, as per Elliot Friedman, he uh, he released a statement about a potential start date in mid January. Um, January 15th, I guess, uh, 13th, he said yesterday. So somewhere between the 13th, 15th range. I don't know if you want to read off this tweet here, Nate. Uh, yeah. So this was on a thread, of course, with a, uh, uh, an additional article, I guess, to go with it for some more information, but, uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, saying here from last night with at David Amber and at reporter, Chris being Chris Johnson, uh, two sides are grinding away. There's likely no exhibition games. Uh, January 13th is also mentioned as a potential start date. There was a discussion about 60 games, but that would be difficult and is therefore unlikely. Uh, he proceeded to continue on in another tweet. Tougher to get a strong grip on economic discussions. Obviously very sensitive. Players have made it clear they will not touch 6% escrow cap in final three years or CBA. Uh, we will see on deferring money. Both sides are working on it. Uh, so, yeah, a few things to unpack here. I think the yeah. the most interesting one that you caught right away was the no exhibition game one. What's yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the fact that you want to go into a season with, uh, yeah, having no exhibition games. No, like we understand that a lot of these players have been skating around and kind of playing against each other and whatnot too, right? It, it's still not a the lot same of, though. It's still not the same as like even yeah even an exhibition game. So, 
Um, so we saw even like, could you like even uh, last uh, like the playoffs, I guess they got to play one exhibition game, but could you imagine some like those games if they didn't have that one under their belt there under their belt, it'd be a little odd to start. I think so. I think so. Um, and I mean, they kind of knew that going into it. So I think they were training really, really hard in uh, in camp, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that the players will adjust. I think that they'll be they'll be fine. It's just going to be a little bit weird. I, I think the first couple games is going to be a little bit less action than there tends to be. There's not going to be that explosive speed uh, that you normally see in game one of the season. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it, I think the teams that are really going to struggle with it are going to be. teams like us like the seven that haven't played since march because at least the other teams have played you know uh, most of them played a few months ago so yeah for sure you would think that yeah for teams like that there'd at least be i don't know two three exhibition games because to play or to not have played from march until the next january right or even february who knows that's almost a year without playing a game Mm -hmm. so like a lot of I'd honestly say the majority of these players have never had that long in between playing. Mm-mm. No, no, not, not unless you, you count the lockout seasons. Yeah, exactly. And even then they went overseas or did other things like that. Right. But yeah. they weren't playing as a team. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't playing as say the Anaheim ducks. Right. Which yes, that does make a difference. Yeah. I, I guess that's a good point too, is that a lot of players are on loan overseas, not necessarily the big names, but you know, your, your bottom six, um bottom four pairings um i guess your backup goalies too like they've been playing overseas or a lot of your prospects too but those are those aren't really the guys that um are, are maybe going to be on your opening night roster so yeah it'll be interesting for sure i i don't get why no exhibition games like what's like so what if you add an extra four days to the schedule to get two exhibition games in for each team like I, exactly I that um but whatever um what are what are your thoughts on the um, the number of games for the season? Um, in an earlier tweet, he had said uh, it would be in the fifties. This one, it sounds more like the sixties uh, for a number I of games. Feel like the fifties is going to be a safe bet because um, mm-hmm. what were what did they play in like the 2012-2013 season? Was it forty eight? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I mean that's close enough, right? Um, they're still wanting to finish by mid July, so you have playoff consideration in there as well of about two months yeah. um it's going to be tight with 50 some games but that's a lot more doable i think than the 60 for sure mm-hmm. um on the bright side though take like if you can remember back to that 2012-13 season and just how go 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 it was mm-hmm. it could make up for a, it or it could turn out to be another great season oh for sure yeah no i think that's gonna i think it's gonna be a great season no matter what, because all these players are just going to be itching to get back yeah. on the ice and like actually play. So, like as um, much as I love eighty-two games, there is that lull normally in December, January, and mm-hmm. then things start to pick up again. And you know, going down to the fifty-some games, it does eliminate that. So, yeah, for sure, because that lull would normally happen as you're going into playoffs, and you're you're way too pumped up to yeah to, to even think about lulling i guess i don't know what the right yeah, word is. yeah exactly but yeah it's it's definitely going to be good hockey the only thing that makes me upset about it is that it makes it harder for ovi to break that goals record it does just a little bit but you but, know what I mean, he's gonna find a way somehow he's going to whether like he's just going to keep doing one-year deals with washington and they'll be like yeah, yeah. keep coming back and scoring 40 goals for us like yeah we don't care if you're 80 years old if you're still putting up 40 <laughs> goals you can play <laughs> yep and then moscow dynamo will take him at 81 <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And he'll just like light up that league with like 90 fucking goals a game. Yeah. Stupid like that. <laughs> um, also per Elliot Friedman here, the uh, the Ducks and sorry, did you have anything else to add? I guess nope, about the, that was uh, it. No. Okay. So the Ducks and Kings were tossing around the idea of uh, playing some or most of the season um, outdoors, which um, is kind of weird to me. I, I don't really understand how outdoor games work in the spring in California, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's possible. Maybe we have technology. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think that kind of is one of the things on top of like, how are you supposed to maintain that? But I think the reason that a lot of these teams are looking more to that is so that they can have fans, right? Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier to have that spacing in an area that has a lot more seats, mm-hmm. uh, such as in a stadium like this. Yeah, for um, sure. And it kind of is trying to work around restrictions and whatnot in certain areas. And I completely understand the rationale behind the thinking. And I think it would be interesting for a season to have that. Um, My thought process is you would have to have outdoor games across the league because otherwise then it's kind of a, almost a hometown advantage in a way of like just different ice kind of surface and whatnot. You learn how to play on that outdoor ice which is going to be different mm-hmm. uh as much as you try to make it not um but yeah it's yeah. just that's I, like I, I totally get it like it's a it's a good idea because obviously the ducks are hurting for revenue along with probably the kings as well because i, I mean as we talked about on the last episode the samuelis just laid off um a, a good chunk of their full-time staff which is usually the last set of layoffs you do um yeah so it's uh and I mean, these outdoor games would generate a ton of revenue, which is exactly what you want to do. It's I just don't think it's feasible. And uh, if you read the full article here, um, Friedman says that, uh, oh, where is it here? Um, basically, the, the restrictions in Anaheim and L.A. just wouldn't allow it. Um, they're, they're just not at a place to allow even social distancing within these stadiums. So, yeah. Um, Boston and Pittsburgh did toss around that idea as well. Also being two cities that are pretty close together, I believe. I don't know. My U.S. geography is still shit, but I'm pretty sure they're close <laughs> together. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. You know, there's a few teams that were have tossed the idea around anyways. But um, yeah, I kinda, it'd, it'd yeah. be cool. But I think it would kind of take the magic out of the, the Winter Classic as well. Yeah, that's true. I did kind of laugh when it was like the four, like, okay, who are the four teams? So it's like, Anaheim, LA. Okay, interesting. You have like two teams that are in hotter climates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston and Pittsburgh. We're giving it is like I, I know they aren't going to be specialty games, obviously, like the Winter Classic or that. But it's like, man, we are just really ringing it out with Pittsburgh and Boston. And then you throw in if you want to throw in Chicago in there too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, for sure. Um. All right. Yeah. The, the pretty short uh, hockey news segment there. I don't have anything else to add. And. If, and we can move on if you're good. Yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot going until we get a date set. That's when hockey news is really going to start to flow through. But for now, it's just kind of sit and wait, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, at least we have the World Juniors to look forward to. As far as we Hopefully, still hear, yeah. those are just a couple weeks still away. Going. Yep. Starting, what is it, Boxing Day they're starting? Uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day? Yeah. yeah, Christmas Day is going to be the starting day. Uh, it's normally Boxing Day, but yeah. uh, they're going to have a lot of the overseas teams uh, play Boxing Days or play Christmas Day, so then I think it lines up with their Boxing Day kind of deal. So, gotcha. That makes sense. But, yeah. Of. Cool. Yeah. No, that makes. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. That's I, I'm gonna watch the shit out of that. I mean, I usually do, but 
since we've been deprived of hockey for a couple months beforehand, I'm really going to watch it now. Yeah, it's going to so, be fun. Yeah. Canada jersey all the time. Sorry, States fans. Yeah, you're seeing... We, we got we to cheer for our country. We got to, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I know this is an Anaheim podcast, but we got to do it, as you can see. Oops, Yeah, as you can see over here. You're right, this is so hard to do. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it flips our video, so yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, before we move on to uh, the rest of the podcast here, we got our uh, internal promo that uh, that you hear every week. This week, we got Brad Lieb, uh, his former or former NHL player uh, with the Canucks and I want to say the Maple Leafs as well. Um, I, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. I know the Canucks, though. Uh, and he's got his Life After, po- Life After Hockey podcast here, so we'll play the promo for that. <laughs> Hello and welcome. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player and this is the Life After Hockey podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes and follow me on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. Perfect. First, first shot. Let's go, life after hockey, baby. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that was the voice of... Uh... Oh, it looks like we lost Nate. <laughs> uh, he'll be back. Uh, that was the voice of uh, Isha you heard at the end there, uh, giving you the the old woo. So you can uh, you can check out that podcast at Brad M. Lieb on Twitter. Um, and uh, that's obviously his personal one as well there. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank goodness that uh, that connection lost happened during that promo. <laughs> yeah, you popped that's up. That's actually the perfect time. <laughs> you popped up and you were staring off into space and I like I, my first thought wasn't that you were frozen. I was like, oh my god, did Nate stroke out in the middle of the podcast? <laughs> but no. So yeah, that, oh, we're all good. Yeah, we're, we're all good. good. All I did good. look it up during the the little break there, and it is the uh the Leafs and Canucks that there you uh, go. played for there. So. boy. Yeah, I've checked out a, the first few episodes of that. It's 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 quite interesting, actually. Um I, I was expecting a little bit more hockey talk. Uh, obviously it's called life after hockey, so mm-hmm. um it's not really the focus and then, like obviously they touch on it a little bit there but it, it's mostly about all these great things that uh former players are doing to help out their communities and like organizations that they're a part of so it's actually it's actually really interesting still so it's i definitely check that out yeah, just don't expect sure. a lot of hockey talk so um before we move on to our, our next segment here nate i know i said i didn't have a trivia question this week but um, you do but have I, trivia for me I, I just one just popped up here all right um this is uh if you don't get it that's okay but um just while we're talking about brad here what was his uh he played in the whl for a, a few seasons in the uh late 90s so we would have been just wee lads there but <laughs> so you probably don't remember him uh, but do you uh do you know what his whl team was he only played for one uh if you're not uh, sure i can give you a little bit of a hint actually i think i do remember i'm just what do you got Maybe it's the Canucks ties, but I want to say it, it was the uh, the Giants. But uh, no, I feel like that's, that's not, not correct. That's incorrect. Do you have another guess? 
Or do you want a hint? I'll take a hint. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to help you or not, but uh, this, this this place is where he was born as well. So he played for his uh, his hometown. Oh, he's he played for Red Deer. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> for the Rebels from uh, 95 to 99. There you go. Uh, made the playoffs all four years as well. So Nice. Yeah. I don't know if the, the Rebels Brad. won the cup there that year. I uh, can take a look here. Uh, like the, it, just like the WHL championship or yeah because he played in the 96 97 season he played 16 uh 16 games in the playoffs so that would be uh I mean that's the amount of wins you need so it might be pretty yeah close. let's take a look here what uh when did you say he played between uh 95 to 99. 95 to 99. No, unfortunately, he did not win. Red Deer won the. Uh, Red Deer did win the Memorial Cup in two thousand, two thousand one. Though he wasn't around, obviously. Okay, but, a couple cities. Uh, a couple but Regina had finished third, so I think they were hosting then, maybe. Oh, okay. But uh, oh no, it was in Regina. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Um. Oh no, sorry. No, sorry. Red Deer did win the WHL championship, but they finished third in the Memorial Cup. Wait, that oh, okay. doesn't make sense. Oh, no. Regina finished third. Red Deer. Okay, gotcha. It's a whole mixed up. <laughs> yeah, Red Deer won the Memorial confusing. Cup and they won the WHL. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's move on from that. Don't, don't forget to check out Life After Hockey with Brad Lieb. Uh, let's move on to Quack Report Unplucked. Again, shout out to at hardwing underscore duck on Twitter for that name suggestion there that, uh, that you guys also voted for. So thank you to everyone for voting there. This week, uh, as is kind of par for our Sunday episodes lately, we are talking about the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, Chapter 14. Mo Mando. Always Mo Mando on here. Uh, yeah, Chapter 14 is called The Tragedy. So um, Ooh, Wait. Well, Wait, I think we need this. Do we need the spoiler just yet? Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Spoiler warning for chapter 14 of The Mandalorian. So season two, episode six. There we go. All right. Officially in spoiler territory for uh, for chapter 14 here. So um, we'll, we'll wave that again when the spoiler ban has or spoiler tag has been lifted. Um, but let's get into it. As we said, the tragedy directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, who also directed Sin City, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and the Spy Kids movies. Which was- such a such a like opposite sides of everything I know, right? going on. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny though that we grew up watching those movies, and now we're like watching him direct The Mandalorian. So yeah, he he just knows what we like, I guess. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, yeah. So this is a uh, planet Typhon, where uh, they. It was kind of their goal to get here um, at the or for this episode. They, they briefly mentioned it at the end of last episode here. Yes, yeah, so um, Sokatano told them to go to the planet Tython to uh, reach out with the force on the seeing rock and perhaps a Jedi would come for him. Yeah, so uh, we, we get to see a lot of Yoda meditation here. Uh, at the beginning, too, I do want to mention... Grogu, man, come on. I'm still getting. He's got a name. He's <laughs> got <know>. a name. <laughs> uh, we do hear uh, Mando laugh for the first time. Um, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of good. But yeah, it really shows the bond between between him and the kid, especially 
um, after last episode where he only really trusts him to use the force uh, mm-hmm. around, which is which is pretty cool. So, so yeah, Grover's meditating for for most of this episode. Um, there there it is there, um, <laughs> summoning the force or or whatever. Uh, I don't really know the, the proper term. You probably do, Nate. But <laughs> he's meditating. Yeah, reaching out with the force. Yeah, and then uh, and then we see a, a ship start to land on on Typhon, one that's uh, supposedly or allegedly been tracking uh, Mando since Tatooine. And uh, I, I knew right away what the ship was. It took my girlfriend a, a few minutes, but oh, well, I uh, knew what it was I, right I knew, away too. I knew that you did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. and I'm like, that's the thing. It, it's that Leonardo DiCaprio meme of like the like pointing at it. And yeah. I was like, that's the thing. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for uh, for those of you that weren't exactly sure or aren't sure and don't care about spoilers, that was Boba Fett's ship, um, Slave and, One. Uh, yeah, and obviously on board is uh, is Boba Fett there, uh, along with a special guest, uh, Fennec, who we haven't seen since episode five of season one. Yeah, I believe it was episode five. Yeah, uh, again the one on Tatooine there. So. Someone that we thought Mando had killed, but Boba Fett brought back to life with uh, some fancy robotics. Some cybernetics. Cybernetic abdomens. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, how excited were you to see Boba Fett come back? So excited. I mean, I got hyped when we saw him at the end of that first episode there. And you had to know that it was going to, you know, just come up later, especially with Mando having uh, Boba's armor. Um, oh, yeah. But I didn't really know in what capacity this was really going to come up as. Um, but yeah, I was really excited about this. Of course, this episode as well uh, proves the theory that the person who found Fennec was Boba. Uh, and you had a little bit of a hint with the uh, the spurs when he walked. Um, you had that, just that little hint there that it could have been him. And you know we've been speculating for a long time, about a year at this point, as to who yeah. it was. So we got the, the reveal here, which of course is great. Um, I love uh, Morrison coming back to play Boba, who also played Django and all the other clones in the prequel movies. Um, Boba, of course, being a uh, not genetically altered uh, clone of Django Fett. Um, so yeah, it was great to see him come back and uh, kick some ass in this episode too. It was pretty great. Oh yeah, man, him with that spear—that was awesome. <laughs> so good with the Gabby stick. Yeah, absolutely fucking wrecked some stormtroopers. Awesome. Uh, Fennec, pretty badass as well. Uh, I mean, same sharpshooter we saw in uh, in season one there. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, now uh, we'll kind of jump ahead a little bit. But now we're going to see these two and Mando team up um, for the the last couple episodes and get into whatever chaos is in store for us in uh, the next two episodes here. I did uh, think when they popped up that they might have been kind of going for the child still. And that's what Mando thinks as well. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it's just... Rogo, come on, man. He has a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, okay, the child still works. It's not calling him Baby Yoda because he's not Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's not like oh, I'm I'm here for... like well, I guess as Mando calls him, the kid. Uh, Boba's just like, I just want my armor back. That's all I want is my yeah. armor. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of had that, uh, you know, kind of the back and forth of like, it's it's Mandalorian armor. Like, are you, have you taken the creed and whatnot with, you know, Mando still kind of being in his ways, I guess, of the way of growing up. 
which is slowly starting to break down since he met uh, Bo-Katan, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, nope, I just want my armor. That's all I want. Yeah. And I mean, both of these guys, men of their word as well. Um, yeah. With, with Boba Fett saying like, if you get me my armor back, I'll make sure the kid's safe. And um, jumping ahead a little bit again, we now know the kid's not safe. And he's keeping his word by being like, I have my armor, but the kid's not safe. So I got to got to yeah, still help you. you. So. Yeah, which is good because otherwise, I think we would we would just see a uh, sad Mando on yeah. <laughs> Typhon all alone for the rest of history. Because exactly, <laughs> uh, at least until someone else came by. So, uh, but yeah, of course, uh, Gideon has been the one tracking, like truly tracking the child, uh, Groku, um, since I guess a couple episodes ago now. Uh, yeah, or was it? Or no, it was the last episode, I guess. No, two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. Yeah, two episodes ago. I had that right. When he got his ship Um, repaired there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Empire does find them, uh, sends out stormtroopers and that. And we see, yeah, so we see Fennec and Boba, you know, kicking some ass. Fennec doing her sharpshooter thing and Boba taking that gaffy stick and just literally crushing stormtrooper armor. Oh, yes. Uh, I could only imagine this was, like, getting close to being rated, like, mature tv rating so yeah in the, uh, in the corners of the screen you could see some pretty pretty crushed helmets and yeah a, a little <laughs> bit of gruesome shots it was it was getting up there for sure yeah I could, yeah definitely so i wouldn't be surprised if this episode got sent back once or twice of like hey you gotta pull this back a little bit or something like that or like just edit yeah. this framing on it mm-hmm. uh but yeah so i'm kicking some ass and you know oh nate's frozen again <laughs> I don't remember where he was, but I'll, I'll try and pick up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Boba Fett kicking ass, um, and then uh, Moff Gideon not letting up either, um, sending a few dark troopers in as well, um, which uh, I think Nate has a picture of, so when he comes back, you can see it here. Um, and I, I like to liken these guys to a couple construction workers, uh, you know, sending four people to do a, a one-person job. Um, it's, I don't think we really needed four dark troopers to pick up one one small child who's having a nap um i mean i guess if mando was there it would probably take quite a few to get rid of him but they uh um but i just thought it was funny that you know we saw these four guys and then they didn't end up really doing anything besides grabbing a child and then leaving again um boba fett chasing them down before he realizes the uh the empire is uh or is back and that Moff Gideon is on, on an Imperial ship. And he's like, I, I can't handle this one. Um, so, and then obviously the ships uh, have the stormtroopers are, are taken off again. Uh, and we see Boba Fett um, uh, take down both of them with one shot, which was a pretty badass moment here. Um, and now that we've got Nate back, um, cool. Nate, I, uh, I carried on without you. So <laughs> where are we at? Um, so I was I was just talking about how badass it was that Boba Fett took down those two uh, stormtrooper ships oh, yeah. uh, in one shot. There, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is that they do throw in a slight joke with it, though, of like he took them both down. And he's like, I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just hit the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, um, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I just like that they threw that in that little joke there. Uh, yeah. Sorry, did you did you talk about though how awesome it was? to see this man rocking the armor once again 
Uh, no, oh, that I, looks so good. I, I was going to bring it back in, until you got it back, because otherwise I didn't have the pictures. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, a little uh, bit beat up, a little bit worse for wear, but it still looks yeah. pretty awesome. Some uh, some sarlacc acid. There's um, there's some theories going around as to how exactly Boba survived, and I'm I'm thinking we'll get that uh, maybe in the next episode. Um, but maybe. Uh, or if, yeah, uh, if you or if we get a Boba Fett spinoff series, like is yeah. rumored, I think it would be in there in kind of a flashback sequence. Well, if you remember back to the first episode of this season, uh, the marshal there had, did say that um, it was like, like, oh, like, oh, you can't eat a, like, you can't kill or eat a, like, you know, sorry, what was it? Um, there's never, there's no such thing as like an empty sarlacc pit. And uh, the marshal saying, of course, like, only if you eat the sarlacc. So there's kind of the idea floating that, you know, that was kind of the the thread of, uh, a crate dragon ate the sarlacc, and that's how Boba was able to get out. So the acid is kind of, you know, it deteriorated at the Beskar a little bit that uh, mm-hmm. he wears. But gotcha. I'm I thought sure, you were going to sure say we'll that you that. thought Boba ate the sarlacc, and I was like, that was quite the dress. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I did. I did briefly mention the dark troopers as well. Um, a- yes. any thoughts on those? Uh I, I I just want to say I was right on my guess there. Um, that's what they were, and uh, so you know, not to my own horn, but uh, we didn't see a whole lot of what they can do just yet. So I feel no, like we're going to be which seeing I was kind of disappointed about honestly. So I think we're going to be seeing it in the next two episodes because they are so. <laughs> they are dangerous machines. So it's kind of that just just wait, just hold on a second here. You get to look at them, and then you'll see what they can do. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they look just like terrifying anyways yeah. compared to a normal stormtrooper. So, um, yeah. And then I guess, uh, we'll, we'll jump back ahead again. So, uh, after Boba demolishes those, those two Imperial ships, um, Moff Gideon gets the last laugh and absolutely obliterates the Razor Crest. Oh, it's like, so upsetting. I'm sorry, but, um, Carl, Carl Weathers is not going to be able to repair that one. Nope, he is not <laughs> going to, unfortunately. Um, yeah, destroys the Razor Crest, and then the the Dark Troopers come down, uh, take Grogu, which you thought it was going to actually be, like, very last second they save him, and then you're going to have, like, the next two episodes being kind of, like, the battle with or something like that. Uh, but nope, they uh, they take Grogu, or Grogu and uh, Boba Fett chases after them in Slave 1, but it's told not to fire because they don't want to harm uh, harm Grogu. Which makes sense. Oh. Yeah, but uh, I do love the reveal. and I think we are kind of getting the idea that Gideon's faction of the Empire is something that turns into the First Order uh, in the sequel trilogy. Um, there, there's a lot of hints that it. Yeah, so like the same, so. like even down to like the same transport uh, ships. Uh, mm-hmm. We do see those ones at the start of. Uh, the Force Awakens, those same ones. Um, but I love that, you know, the ship comes into view and like Boba's almost just stunned. He says it isn't the spice stream, which of course spices, uh, you know, drugs in the Star Wars universe. Uh, basically saying, you know, I'm not high. I'm not like, I'm not getting, uh, 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 what's the term? Why can't I think of it right now? I'm not having hallucinations. Like the Empire is back. So, yeah. Gets a little, a, bit more scary, a little bit more scary. Probably a little bit of PTSD for him too. So yeah, being the 
almost the right hand bounty hunter for Darth Vader for a while there too, and he, mm-hmm. he's done dealings with the Empire before and knows how menacing they can be. So, yeah, so uh, he definitely doesn't want to fuck with them. That's for sure. No. Um, but he will anyway because he has his armor. But like you said earlier, the kid isn't safe. Yeah, so he's got a job to do here. So, so now we this got going to be awesome. Yeah, now we got two Mandalorians and uh, and Fennec teaming up. Uh, but we're still missing one person from this, or one or two people, I guess, from this crew. Uh, at the end of this episode, Mando does go back to uh, Cara Dune and ask for her help. Um, not only her help, but also her help in releasing a prisoner. Uh, Migs Mayfield, who, of course, we saw in season one, episode six, the prisoner last, uh, Bill Burr's character, uh, who's a former uh, sharpshooter for the Empire. So I think we're going to have a good episode the next one. I think it's going to be a bit more of like, you know, kind of the breakout episode, maybe something similar to the prisoner, but it's going to have its own twist because you don't want to be retreading things just a season later. Um. Yeah, and I think there's going to be so coming... much going on that they're, they're not yeah. going to spend a lot of time on it. It might be the first 10 minutes is the same kind of as The Prisoner, but yeah. then they're, then they're going to get onto or find a, a way onto Moff Gideon's ship or, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. We are kind of coming to the uh, we are coming to the end of the season here. We have two episodes left, um, so it's it's going to be crunch time. We got to see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised as well if we saw Bo Katan show up one more time with uh, her hunt for Gideon. Um, so it'll it'll definitely be interesting. I um, I, I almost want to say that this episode or not, sorry, this season is going to end on a huge cliffhanger because there's just way yeah. too much to wrap up um, in, in these last two episodes. Um, because I think we all they also have to give us a little bit of information about what this experiment um, entails and, and why the they need the child. Uh, obviously, we've guessed about it before, so we won't get too much into it mm-hmm. now. But you know, now that they actually have the child. Uh, or Grogu, uh, we I, I think that it means we're going to see exactly what uh, Gideon's plan is, and to some extent, I think he's going to execute it a little bit. So whether it's harvesting midichlorians or or whatever it happens to be, um, I'm just sorry, I'm just laughing here. We got a comment here from our buddy over at the Stick Hungry Podcast, Nick, here saying, "Give me that kneecap missile launcher, the the <laughs> the knee darts, of course." Uh, coming back with Boba Fett. Um, that was something I don't think we've ever actually seen used uh, like in TV or movies or otherwise. That was just something that was in the visual dictionary that that's how we know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that. Just, you know, pop your knee up and fire it and take out two stormtroopers. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this, also, this, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, bring oh, up this next comment. Uh, here. Yeah, he also brought up here. one more here, though. Uh, actually, or we'll we'll get to it here because I guess we still, uh, I guess we didn't talk about Gideon kind of interrogating uh, Grogu. Yeah, did we? yeah. No, I think this is a good uh, good segue into it here. So, um, can't wait for Grogu to yield <laughs> the dark saber and go uh, full Yoda versus Dooku. <laughs> can he even lift the dark saber though? I, I've, if he can smash around two stormtroopers, well, I know he's like I. We know he has like like strengthen the force but like physically could he lift up that thing like he's gonna be holding it like this like yeah <laughs> if, if crippled old 900 year old yoda can jump around and but he's got a tiny lightsaber <laughs> no i know but i don't know 
I, it'd be cool to think about. I don't think he's actually going to wield the dark saber, but no. <laughs> I think we're going to see some some cool shit go down with uh, with Grogu there. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, it'll be fun. But yeah, just that little, you know, like he he's teasing him essentially of like, oh, like we know you're force powerful uh, now, and uh, like we're we're going to use you, and like he shows off the dark saber and everything like that, and. Uh, I think we had a little bit of foreshadowing as well, just kind of tongue-in-cheek foreshadowing of, uh, oh, no, I'm not going to give you this. Like, you're going to poke your eye out. So I think uh, Gideon's going to be wearing an eye patch next season if he's still <laughs> around. <laughs> Guarantee he's going to get uh, his eye poked out. I, so. I hope so. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nick also says here, it's lightsaber, not heavy saber. <laughs> <laughs> Those things got some weight to them, though, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think seeing uh, Grogu wield the, the force um just like willingly and with no mm-hmm. fear to to mess up those stormtroopers I, I think that shows that he's evolving a little bit as um yeah the force is really growing with him and it's you're also seeing that bit more of the dark side in there too because he just he a did little bit. force choke one of the troopers as well he forced mm-hmm. choked Cara Dune in the last season i think so that's like, more he's got just to get the conspiracy theories going of how Grogu's yeah. actually evil <laughs> yeah <laughs> i, I don't Grogu. think so but yeah uh th- there is that little bit of the dark side so it's kind of an un untamed force i guess that, yeah uh, hopefully um, we can well, i mean Jedi. uh like ahsoka does say that at one Oh, I think we're losing Nate again. <laughs> Let's see if he comes back here. No, nope, doesn't look like it. Um, I don't know where he was going with that, so I'm not gonna, um, not gonna try. Um, yeah, I I really don't have anything else to add to this. Uh, I hope Nate's <laughs> hope Nate's all done because. Uh, yeah, we're gonna move on here. So we'll uh we'll get into the what's quacking segment. So on what's quacking here, uh <laughs> I mean we got some things that uh Nate has has to screen share, so we're gonna be jumping around a little bit. Um but here's a, a couple clips that have uh recently resurfaced on the internet. Let's uh Oh, we got him back here. I think this this is getting annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, it's okay. We uh, we're good. This is time to start a hashtag. So hashtag get Nate better Wi-Fi. <laughs> let's uh, let's see I if we can get that. I know you're gonna do that. <laughs> um, I've uh, I've taken us into the what's quacking segment. So I hope you didn't have anything else to add about. Uh, uh no, I did not. Here. Nope. Okay. I'm just excited for the next two uh, next two weeks here. They're going to be good ones, that's for it's sure. Going to be good. So, um, first of all, uh, let's start with the earlier news, I guess, uh, with the Ducks or not the Ducks, the Canucks, <laughs> letting go of their uh, their national anthem singer Mark Donnelly. Uh, if you're not exactly sure who that is, maybe this will jog your memory. Oh, that's so, one of my favorite videos, man. Yeah, I've seen so that three you, times today, and I, I I would watch it again. Just as funny. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and not uh, watching the video, of course, uh, that was Mark Donnelly singing the anthem at the Penticton V's uh, game, which is uh, BC Major Junior Hockey. Um, and uh, so he's skating around. 
singing the anthem and uh, did not notice the carpet out and uh, tripped over it mid anthem. <laughs> yeah. Didn't miss a beat though. A little. Didn't miss a beat. <laughs> and then just kept going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Uh, the, the show must go on. So, yeah. yeah, he was recently let go for uh, for being uh, or for willing to sing or saying he's going to sing the anthem at uh, an anti mask rally in, uh, in Vancouver. Or was it the anthem or is he just performing? I'm assuming it's the anthem. I guess it just yeah. said he's performing at the anti-mask rally. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, letting him go there, which uh, without getting too political on here, I think is a good call by the Canucks. Um, but that's uh, that's why he's recently in the news, and that's why that video recently resurfaced. Resurfaced. Yep. Sorry. So, I mean, that's a pretty good metaphor for what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go perform at an anti-mask rally, and uh, you're gonna fall. Yeah. So. Uh, in uh, in part two of Who Dis, the uh, the sub-segment of What's Quacking, um, this video resurfaced, I guess, was it this morning or last night or something? Uh, no, so this uh, this was from the news last night, I guess, in, uh, in Boston. And uh, it kind of started making its way around hockey Twitter because uh, people were going, hey, I think I recognize that guy. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast, see if you can just recognize the voice of him. Uh, but if you're watching the video, hopefully you recognize him right away. Either way, we'll give the answer after this clip. Like the winner, but not necessarily. This might be a little too much. Visibility was poor on the highways as heavy snow came down for a few hours. Getting around was a challenge, even for those who are used to this. Pretty tough. Uh, we're from Canada, so it's not too crazy. I mean, uh, we got some winter tires and uh, used to this growing up, so um, it's not great. I'll tell you, you get some uh, some tough stretches, but if you don't go too fast, uh, uh, it's doable. I Carter, know. Can you tell me who that was? <laughs> um, I believe that was uh, former former Colorado Avalanche player um, and, and Boston Bruin, uh, Jerome McGinley. Yes, that was. <laughs> so, yeah, Jerome McGinley on the uh, local Boston News last night. Uh, no idea, I guess, who he was. He was just a random guy at a gas station or something. But uh, they decided to interview him. And, yeah, so Hockey Twitter was having a bit of a laugh that he's just not recognized at yeah. all. The I guy is some... now the guy's now a Hockey Hall of Famer. So Yeah, I saw some clips, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, if you don't go too fast, you know, get pucks in deep, then uh, you'll be totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been going around, uh, at least at least today of, uh, yeah, getting, just not getting recognized. Uh, it reminded me as well of uh, a few years ago. I guess this would have been it was 2009, I think. Uh, but it was the Weather Network up here in Canada as well. Uh, they interviewed Roberto Luongo during uh, during a summer and just didn't realize it was him either. So do you want do you want me to play this clip, Carter? Or? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. OK. And everyone is taking full advantage. Not a lot of rain, a lot of sunshine, and uh, the weather's been really mild, so it's been uh, really nice. I'm looking forward to very hot, sunny weather and getting a tan. So if you've been putting off that backyard barbecue... <laughs> I just love those sunglasses in that video, too. Dude, that's so 2000s. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, the... Uh, the comments on YouTube for that clip, though, was like, so wait a second, someone was actually watching the net, the weather network? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, pr pretty good. It's always funny when, you know, they just don't get recognized or whatnot. So yeah, they probably enjoy it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's it's definitely not like up here in Canada where like we know who they are and everything like that. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit different. Um, I mean, that was up here in Canada, though. No, that was in Boston. 
Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. I assumed it was in Vancouver. No. Oh, oh no. Sorry. The Roberto Luongo one was in yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah sorry. I, I thought you were meaning the Drew McGinley one. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even then, there's some people that just don't recognize. But like anybody else would have been like, that, that was Roberto Luongo. That, that was just Roberto Luongo. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, like if you're not into hockey, you wouldn't know because that was all yeah. before the Olympics and their their cup run in 2011 there. So. Yeah. But even at that point, Luongo had been the goalie, I think, there for three years. Yeah, but if, you, if you're years? not really into hockey, you wouldn't know. But after those yeah. two events where Luongo was like one of the stars, then you would yeah. you would probably recognize him because it's it's just how how hockey works. Everybody kind of yeah. starts to know if if the team's doing well. So yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, just um, uh, some humorous examples of guys not getting recognized, but Dromaginla being the most recent. So there is a uh, there's a great tweet I saw today. It went from like uh, uh, like F- fantastic junior to NHL All-Star to Hockey Hall of Famer to Unrecognizable on the News. Congratulations, Jerome Ginla. You've made it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's good. The uh, The last thing for what's quacking we got here is uh, something you had posted on Twitter asking, what's Grogu vibing to? Yeah, so we got uh, the we got an image here from uh, the Mandalorian, of course, uh, of Grogu on the... Uh, was it the seeing rock? I guess is what we're gonna call rock, it for now. Force rock, whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we asked we asked Twitter what was uh, what was Grogu vibing to, and uh, so we got some pretty good uh, answers here. Hockey Totem, uh, one of the hosts of the uh, Cap Chirp uh, podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, said he was listening to uh, "Fucking Problems" by ASAP Rocky, featuring Drake, Two Chains, and Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> so I mean those are some good vibing songs, you know. Uh we got uh Ziggy Stardust by the late David Bowie. Um rest in peace, of course. That one's coming from uh at Cal underscore Kenobi83. And this last one uh we got from uh, this was like as we were starting the episode, this popped up on my uh my notifications. We got uh, at N Morrison seventeen seventy six saying that he's listening to Ass and Titties by DJ Assault. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of a, a, an infant listening to Ass and Titties is yeah. hilarious. Well, I mean, he's fifty, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, I of course threw in my my suggestion in there as well. Uh, I said he was listening to or he's vibing to Monsters by All Time Low, but the newest. Uh, version of it that has both Black Bear and Demi Lovato on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's been a great time. I've been jamming to that the last couple of days. So, Carter, what did what do you think? Uh, what do you think Grogu's vibing to here? Well, it's got to be something by Iron Maiden. Something by Iron Maiden. Yeah, you know he's just got way too many problems to listen to something yeah. cool. Like he's, he's got so much anger in him. You know, so I think Iron Maiden or Metallica is. Yeah, is, he's uh, just got like the heavy cool. stuff, and he's just like, this is peaceful. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Um, the uh, I, I guess we forgot to play play my meme that I made here, but it, it kind of still segues a little bit. So the uh, the scene where or the three scenes where Mando tries yeah. to pull <laughs> Grogu off of the rock through the the Force tube, uh, I don't really know what to call it. Um, <laughs> where uh, it, it just kind of threw me back to uh, to Doctor Strange here. So I I put this clip together. Grogu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> and they get thrown off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I I feel like they used the same like set of shots all three times. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've heard at least two of them. So I was like, it's, it's not just, gonna it's work, just the man. repeating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mando's Grogu, got I've come to bargain. Mando. Wakes up. Grogu, I've come to bargain. Wakes up. Grogu, we got to go. <laughs> Mando's got the, uh, the time stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Boba Fett's armor. There you go. <laughs> yeah I, that'd be a crossover i'd love to see that would uh, be a crossover <laughs> yeah dr strange meets mandel yeah pretty good um yeah that's all we got for what's quacking here and uh i guess that takes us to the end of the episode if uh if you don't have anything you want to add i know you got cut off a couple yeah. times in, in our star <laughs> wars talk here so yeah uh unfortunately sorry about uh my internet it's been kind of rough i guess right now but uh, we made it, so <laughs> we made it. I, I like to think that I held the fort down while you were gone, but I really I'll get to no watch idea. this after and see how you did. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's some awkward pauses where I'm like, all right, I realize now I wasn't listening to what Nate was saying, so let's uh, <laughs> let's just uh, let's talk about oh, whatever. Man, come on, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can wave, wave the the red spoiler flag uh, again. Oh. We never. <laughs> Which is good because we still talked about uh, Grogu a little bit in the, uh, yes. the What's Quack. And so we're, we're go. all good. We're at the end of the podcast, though. So sorry that you missed uh, <laughs> that you missed Mark Donnelly and Jerome again. I guess you can always go back and, and watch those. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, let's let's get out of here and enjoy the, the rest of our warm Sunday. It's pretty toasty up here. 13 degrees in the oh, beginning of December, which is awesome. It says 13 Celsius also because... Yeah. We just do it right. <laughs> yeah, which is toasty for December. It's usually minus yeah. 13. Yeah, so. exactly. Minus 13, like at a high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More like minus 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a little um, bit uh, a little bit odd. Yeah. So uh, you can you can follow the network, obviously, at HockeyPodNet. You can follow us at QuackReportPod on Twitter uh, on both and Instagram as well, I guess. Um, you can follow myself at Carter underscore Potts underscore 97 on twitter and nate where can they find you uh you can find me on twitter at tate namas just flip uh the n and the t of nate thomas there you go and once again at brad m lieb for uh life after hockey and the podcast wherever you get your your podcast there so all right i guess that takes us uh to the end of the episode so thank you guys very much for listening um once again this is season two of the quack report so we'll be going back to two episodes a week Uh, So that means we will see you on Thursday. Have a good one. Bye, guys.